welcome to Crime Colts and Coffee. I'm Bryn, and this week, if you hear any thunder, lightning, well, actually, you can't hear lightning, but if you hear any thunder or rain sound effects, they are not inserted. It's really happening. There's a massive thunderstorm rolling in right now. It just started, and I'm going to record through it because I have no choice. It's already pretty late at night. Hopefully you don't hear dog barks in the background as well because my dogs like to howl and bark at thunderstorms. They're not afraid of it. They just get get loud against it, I guess. That's just what's going to happen tonight. So bear with me or enjoy the thunder like I do. First things first, I want to congratulate Kelsey on my new niece, Parker. She did have baby Parker this past weekend, and we are so overjoyed to welcome her into our family, and I just feel so blessed to have another little niece in my life and that everything went well for Kelsey and Carson, so congratulations, Kelsey and Carson, on your new sweet little baby girl. Quick funny story to share about the chaos that ensued for me this morning before I get into today's recommendations. I woke up this morning around 6 o'clock, had to go to the bathroom. I was at my parents' house, and (laughs) lo and behold, the toilet overflowed. 6 in the morning, I was literally half awake. The toilet overflowed, and I'm cleaning it up, cleaning up the water, whatever. And as I'm cleaning up the water, I also sleepily, blindly, clumsily knock over a big jar of polished stones that my mom had on her staircase for whatever reason. Those went everywhere. So I spent 15-20 minutes cleaning up between the overflowed water and the stones and then needless to say I was completely wide awake. So thought I'd share that funny story short and sweet but it was one hell of a chaotic morning for me. On top of that, now that I just thought of this, because I just brought up my mom and it made me connect the dots with this, my mom informed me that (laughs) Friendly's has been around a very long time, so I actually looked up and Friendly's has been around since the 1930s. I don't know when their happy ending came around, but she said it was most likely way before I was born and has been around most likely longer than the phrase happy ending meant what it means. So I thought I'd point that out because I thought it was funny and I've actually had multiple people commenting on happy ending at Friendly's as well as the hot damn it's the Loveland Frog or whatever that play was called. So I concur that we all go see the play, and then get a happy ending of friendlies after. What does everyone think? Send me a DM. Actually, I'll make a poll and you guys can vote if you think this should happen at some point because I think it should. Anyway, moving on to recommendations. I know in either last week or the week before, I had mentioned the TV show based on a true story that is on Peacock and a couple listeners as well as Kelsey and Carson had recommended that I watch the show and Timo and I finished it and it was so good. I'm hoping there is a second season already at play with how that season ended 
and I highly recommend everyone to watch. I've already been telling people in person to watch it because it's that good. So, recommending based on a true story on Peacock. Book-wise, I haven't started anything new, and same with podcasts, but I did want to mention something for anyone who's an avid reader and or likes listening to audiobooks. So I was recently made aware, and I'm probably so out of the loop with this somehow. Actually, I shouldn't say somehow. It's because I like my handheld paper books. I have a Kindle that I've never used because I like paper books so much. But for those who listen to podcasts a lot or for those who listen to things, audiobooks and such at work, there are different platforms you can use to connect to your local library using your library card and it is free, which I think is absolutely amazing and I actually went and renewed my library card today in order to be able to do this. Unlike audiobooks where you need to pay for books, right now I'm using something called Cloud Library and this is not an ad, this is me just speaking because I'm so excited. I'm using something called Cloud Library that my friend Brittany made me aware of and basically if you put in your library card number, it connects you to their entire library. You can read books on your phone, you can listen through audio, and it's just like going to a local library where you check out books and books might be on hold if people have them checked out type of thing, but it's completely free. So just wanted to throw that out there. And of course, there's other platforms aside from Cloud Library, but that is the one that I'm currently about to start using tomorrow. And I just wanted to throw it out there for maybe anyone else who is living under a rock like I was in regards to that. And from there, let's move into today's coffee review. Today I am reviewing a coffee even though it is almost 9 o'clock at night right now. I got a coffee on my way home and I'm really, I guess, saying F the acid reflux tonight and or I hope I don't get it. I took some times beforehand so we will see. I got a coffee from Starbucks. I was craving a Starbucks coffee because I haven't had one in so long. And the coffee that I got was a cinnamon caramel cold brew without the nitro because I thought getting it this late would only potentially add to the indigestion acid reflux. So I got that but with oat milk. And I have to say this coffee is so good. Like I have mentioned, I am a cold foam girl, but somehow I have never had Starbucks cold foam. It is pretty elite. It is very creamy and thick, which I love. The cinnamon taste definitely comes through with the coffee, and for anyone who's been listening long enough, you also know that I am a huge fan of cinnamon. I put cinnamon in my coffee constantly as well as oatmeal and anything else I could add cinnamon into without it tasting disgusting. So this, you could really taste the cinnamon in. I also like how, I don't know if it's how the person just made it or if it's always like this, but there's only a hint of caramel that I can taste and I like that because it's not too sweet where sometimes I feel like caramel can make things a little too sweet. So I would highly recommend trying this coffee. I'm definitely going to get it again and I would rate this one an 8.5 out of 10 coffee beans this week. 
Aside from that, let's listen to the thunder roll in, sip on our coffees, and get into today's episode. So grab your coffee and have a morning with us. Today's episode was suggested by Ashley, and it does come with a trigger warning, as this case contains suicide, rape, and graphic details, including that of murder. This episode is about Lisa McVeigh, also known as Lisa McVeigh Noland. A little bit of background about Lisa. She was born March 1967 in Tampa, Florida. She was 17 at the time of this story and had a twin sister. Growing up, Lisa had been in and out of foster care. One report said that this was between ages 2 to 7 years old. And Lisa's mother had been addicted to drugs and alcohol, so she was kind of in and out of her life during that time. At 14, she was forced to move in with her grandma, and her mom wanted her to move in there so that Lisa could take care of the grandmother. While living with her grandma, Lisa devastatingly endured sexual abuse and was raped by her grandmother's boyfriend. According to reports, her grandma was fully aware of the abuse. Lisa described this situation, stating that the man would put a gun to her head while molesting her. He would also threaten her twin sister's life if Lisa were to tell anyone. She stated that this abuse lasted for three years. November 3, 1984, around 2 o'clock a.m., Lisa was riding her bicycle home from work at a Krispy Kreme donut shop. At this time, she had still been living at her grandmother's house and while passing by a church, she noticed a car parked nearby, which she found very suspicious. Upon noticing this car, she was taken from behind off of her bike and held captive by a man. Lisa was then blindfolded and thrown in the back of his car. She was also held at gunpoint, tortured, and raped repeatedly. According to the website The Sun, quote, when McVeigh asked him why he was raping her, Long chillingly responded, quote, to get back at all the women in general because of a recent breakup. And we will get into who Long is later. However, Lisa had a plan and decided to come up with different ways to persuade her abductor to let her go. One tactic that she used was that she told him she would be his secret girlfriend. She also tried to gain his sympathy by telling him that her father was extremely ill and that she was his only child and caregiver. Eventually, her plan worked and the man agreed to release her in a remote location. Lisa was blindfolded and told to keep it on for five minutes after the man left her so that he could flee. Luckily, the man kept his word and she was freed from his wrath. She said the first thing she saw after removing the blindfold was a beautiful oak tree and she knew she would make a better life for herself. Lisa had endured the kidnapping, torture, rape, and abuse for 26 hours. After being released, Lisa made her way home to her grandma's house. Sadly, she was not welcomed by open arms or a worrisome family. Instead, she was interrogated for five hours by her grandma's boyfriend about where she had been and she was also beaten by him. He had accused her of cheating on him and a crazy fact that Lisa had revealed in reports, 
She had planned on taking her life the night that she was abducted, due to the abuse that she had already been enduring at her grandmother's. The grandma's boyfriend had allegedly started to talk about having a child with her, and she was not going to let that happen. She had written a note and planned on using the boyfriend's gun to take her own life. However, she never made it home that night. But when the man had abducted her and put the gun to her head, she realized how much she wanted to live and to make something of her life. Lisa told her story of what had happened to her over and over. So this was after she had returned to the house and the boyfriend was interrogating her and abusing her. Eventually, police were called and an investigation was conducted. During questioning, police were also able to find out that Lisa had been abused and raped by her grandmother's boyfriend. Lisa had told Sergeant Larry Pinkerton, and Pinkerton found housing for Lisa at a center for runaway teens to make sure she could get out of that situation right away. The boyfriend was also arrested and died in custody. So moving on to Lisa's bravery and badassery, because not only did Lisa persuade and use life-saving tactics to convince her captor to let her go, she also took the time to do other things as well. She had made sure to, and I have the chills talking about this, she had made sure to memorize specific details about her abduction and the man that took her. She noted things about the car she was taken in, the route they took, him using an ATM, and the perp in general. She had been able to peek through a small opening under the blindfold and saw that the car was a red Dodge Magnum, and I had read in multiple reports that she actually also created that space for herself by tensing her face up when he put the mask on her and then relaxing her face once he thought it was all tied and situated, and that's how she kind of created that gap. She had also taken the time to, quote, intentionally leave fingerprints on several surfaces, end quote, in the bathroom of the man's residence. This included the tub, mirror, and under the basin of the toilet. And this is a quote from The Sun, which is an article, quote, She grabbed table legs and chairs and even pushed her palms against the wall seeking to leave prints. Lisa did this with the forethought of leaving evidence in case she were to be killed. She wanted police to be able to find it and to help identify her and or connect her to this man. All of this information was relayed to police through Lisa and from here... They were quickly able to find the perp and identified him as Bobby Joe Long. She was also able to help with the identification of him through pictures. They did a photo lineup and because she had been touching his face so much and trying to memorize features, even with the blindfold on, she was able to pull a picture of him out of a lineup and then they further connected this information with the car, the ATM, and all the other information that was provided by her. Police immediately began surveillance on Long, and November 16, 1984, he was arrested outside of a movie theater. 
He was subsequently charged for the kidnapping and sexual assault of Lisa McVeigh, but it was definitely not just sexual assault, and I want to accentuate that because she even states in some video interviews of her that it was not assault, it was rape. So, some information about Long. It turned out that it wasn't this guy's first offense. He was a complete piece of human garbage, literal sludge. Not to get too much into his background, but he had suffered multiple head injuries as a child. He apparently also had a strange relationship with his mom, and this included him sleeping in her bed until he was a teen. He was also allegedly quote-unquote resentful towards some of her short-term boyfriends. So take that as you will with the information that was given. However, Long had been married at one point, and he married his high school sweetheart in 1974, but she filed for divorce in 1980. They had two children together. Around 1981, he began putting ads in the Penny Saver, as well as other classifieds. He would contact women through this and use tactics such as needing to use their bathroom to rape and rob the women. He would bring quote-unquote rape kits with him and committed at least 50 rapes using this method in the Fort Lauderdale, Miami, Dade County, and Ocala areas. As these rapes were happening, he became known as the quote-unquote classified ad rapist. In 1981, he was tried and convicted for rape, but the charges were later dropped. It turned out that he was not only a serial rapist, but a serial killer. In 1984, he had assaulted and or raped and murdered at least 10 women. He continued his quote-unquote classified ad rapes during this time as well, And from what is known, this happened over an eight-month period from March 1984 to November 1984. These murders had happened in the Tampa Bay area, and sadly, even though he had been arrested 12 days after Lisa's abduction, he was still able to commit two more murders during that time. So I'm going to talk about some of his known victims. His first known victim during this time period from March 1984 to November 1984 was on March 27, 1984, artist, a.k.a. Ann Wick, who was 20 years old. She had been raped and strangled, and reportedly she hitchhiked from Indiana to Tampa. She was engaged, and her body wasn't found until November 22, 1984. May 13, 1984, Nguyen Tahai Long, who was 19. May 27, 1984, Michelle Denise Sims, who was 22. May 1984, Linda Nuttall, who was 33. She had been assaulted in her home and she survived the attack. June 8, 1984, Elizabeth Loudenbach, who was 22. September 7th, 1984, Vicki Marie Elliott, who was 21. October 7th, 1984, Chanel Devon Williams, who was 18. October 14th, 1984, Karen Beth Dinsfriend, who was 28. 
October 31st, 1984, Kimberly Kyle Hopps, who was 22. November 3rd, 1984, was Lisa McVeigh, who this episode is about and again survived. November 6th, 1984, Virginia Lee Johnson, who was 18. And November 11th, 1984, Kim Marie Swan, who was 21. So rest in the sweetest peace to all of the women who did not make it out of this situation, sadly. Most of the time, his victims' bodies were found a decent amount of time after they had been murdered, although there were some cases where they were found right away. But in the situations where they were found a decent amount of time after, they were severely decomposed, and he typically discarded them in rural or wooded areas. Wow, I don't know if you could hear it, but the rain is getting really loud all of a sudden. His MO included abducting women that he saw as quote-unquote vulnerable, such as women walking alone, or he would lure sex workers into his car only to rape and torture them. Five of the ten victims listed had been sex workers, two had been exotic dancers, one was a factory worker, one was a student, and one had an unknown occupation. September 23, 1985, Long pled guilty to many of the crimes he had committed. This included those against Lisa, as well as, quote, an additional eight counts of first-degree murder, eight counts of kidnapping, and seven counts of sexual battery, and that was a quote from Wiki. He was connected to most of the murders through red carpet fibers found on several of the victims' bodies, as well as Lisa's clothing. These fibers had been from his car. Investigators had also tied him to the crimes with forensic evidence that included clothing, ligature marks, semen, and rope knots. He was charged with life sentences for every count in Hillsborough County. And this is all a quote from Wiki. Quote, Receiving 26 life sentences without the possibility of parole, 24 concurrent, and 2 to run consecutively to the first 24, and 7 life sentences with the possibility of parole after 25 years. He was also charged with two death sentences. These were for the murders of Virginia Johnson and Michelle Denise Sims. He was then imprisoned at Florida State Prison. May 23, 2019, so big time jump there. Long was executed by lethal injection. Lisa and another survivor named Linda Nuttall, who I mentioned before, were present for his execution. Lisa reportedly wore a t-shirt that said, long dot 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 overdue. So a little bit of something happy More about Lisa and her life after the awful things that had happened to her and her incredible survival. After Lisa could no longer live at the teen center, she moved in with her aunt and uncle, who were described as supportive and loving. So, so glad she started living with family members that provided her with a better and more loving life. In 1994, she started working for Hillsborough County Parks and Recreation Department. 
and she soon transferred to the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office in 1999. There, she was a dispatcher and became a reserve deputy. In 2004, she was deputized after going through the police academy, and at some point, Lisa married another officer and is now Deputy Lisa McVeigh Noland. As mentioned in the very beginning, that's where the Noland came from. Lisa began working, quote, in the same department that found and arrested her captor, specializing in combating sex crimes and working to protect children. And that was a quote from Wiki. And I'm just getting teary reading that because that is just so incredible that not only did she survive this, but she's doing work to prevent this from happening to other people and taking her pain and turning it into something just so powerful is just incredible. As per an article from July 2022, she is currently serving as the master deputy at the sheriff's office. Talk about hero and an incredible human. She also became a middle school resource officer And in this position, she teaches students how to handle dangerous or potentially dangerous situations. I am in literal awe of this woman. I am not even kidding. As I was doing this research, at one point, Timo came home from somewhere and I was just like, holy hell, the case that I'm researching and this woman that I am finding this information on and going to do an episode on, I was like, I need to meet her. She is one of the most incredible people, just not only through what she endured, just who she became and who she is as a person. She is, like I said, I'm in awe of her. Other people are probably just as in awe of her as I am because Lisa McVeigh's story has been featured and or multiple forms of media have been based on her story, some of which include 1997, there was a book called Smoldering Embers, which I'm definitely going to read, and it's by Joy Wellman, Susan Repogel, and Lisa McVeigh. There was a TV show, I Survived, many of you have probably heard of that, and her story was featured in Season 7, Episode 6. There was also a documentary series, Surviving Evil, and her story was featured in Episode, quote-unquote, Nobody's Victim. And in 2018, the movie Believe Me, The Abduction of Lisa McVeigh was also based around her story. And to end today's episode, I wanted to say a final quote from Lisa via The Sun, which, remember, The Sun is an article. Quote, When Robert Joe Long was put to death, it wasn't so much about closure because I forgave him a long time ago for what he did to me. And when you forgive someone, you find closure. My thing with him is that justice was served on the day he was arrested when he was no longer on the streets and couldn't hurt anyone any longer. And justice was completed on the day he took his last breath. I am going to recommend literally going online and watching videos of Lisa giving interviews and Lisa speaking 
because this woman is a force to be reckoned with. Her words, her verbiage, just the way she... I don't even know how to explain it. Just the way she puts things into words is so powerful and just so beyond and so articulate and uh, deep and moving and it's just incredible to listen to this woman talk not only because of what she went through because what she went through was absolutely horrific and I'm so glad she survived that and found ways to not only get herself out of that situation but to do everything she did with memorizing details and leaving fingerprints and then just the work she does now coming out of that for other people is magnificent and I hope that everyone listening was just as touched by her story as I was and find her as amazing and badass as I do because this woman is fucking incredible And thank you so much, Ashley, for recommending her story. I have heard her story before in bits and pieces, but I am so glad I did a deep dive into this one and that I was able to read and watch so many of the things that I did in regards to her. And I am definitely reading her book, as I mentioned at the end of this episode, She co-wrote it with a couple of other people. It is called Smoldering Embers. So if you want a read, I would give that one a read about her story. Obviously, I got into some detail about it here, but this is coming from her words, her mouth, and I'm sure there's a lot more detail in it though as well. So just like I said in the beginning of the episode, trigger warning. If you are going to be triggered by even more graphic detail, maybe don't give that book a read. But on that note, I think I'll end it with Lisa's words and not elaborate any further or ramble on anymore and get into the spiel. You can find Crime Quilts and Coffee on Instagram. That's where I post pictures of the coffee reviewed any past coffee reviews, past episodes, listener reposts from really cute listener stories, any important information or merch info you can find in the highlights. Linktree in the bio has most of the listening platforms that this podcast is on. If you go to Facebook at Crime Cults and Coffee, that's where I put any resources, photos, links, calls to action, important information in regards to the episode you're listening to and as mentioned in past episodes any episode that has a call to action you can also find in the show notes for this episode if you have a listener story or a case suggestion or dare i say listener art you can email me at crimecultsandcoffee at gmail.com or dm me on instagram at crimecultsandcoffee As always, like I always mention, I love the case suggestions. I'm getting through them slowly but surely as seen in today's episode. And any listener stories, please send my way. I'm still holding those of you who told me you would send me a listener story accountable for that listener story. And then yeah, any listener art, I would love to view as well and post on the Instagram page. If you like this podcast, enjoy listening, want to recommend it to friends and family, 
or you can leave a rate and review on a listening platform that allows you to do so, such as Anchor, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. You can do so there. You will receive free stickers, and if you don't or can't leave a rate and review on any listening platform of your choice, you can like, you can follow, you can subscribe, and that will let you know when new episodes come out each week. And on that note, if you're listening on a Friday, ooh, here comes our girl Acid Reflux. She's here for the party. And on that note, if you're listening on a Friday when the episode comes out, I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. If you're not listening on a Friday, maybe you're listening on a random Wednesday. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week or the rest of your day and enjoy the potential torrential you heard in the background of today's episode or the thunder and I'm thinking about it now and I actually think that was pretty damn fitting for this episode considering what a force of nature Lisa McVeigh Noland is. Until next week. Bye. regarding this case and our resources follow us at crime cults and coffee on instagram and facebook